Hi, this is Christopher Judge for Geek Pride Podcast. Indeed. Gary for the Geek Pride cast on this Sunday evening. Um, with me, we have uh, another guest, uh, but as always, uh, we have Peter Ray Allison. Good evening. How are you all? We have Mark Canty. Hello there. We have John Joe Cosgrove in the flesh. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and our guest tonight is DJ Leroy. Hey, what's going on, gang? You alright? Yeah, man, not bad. How are you, man? Very well, thank you. Very well. Just bunkering down at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with regards to uh, who you are, what you do, what's your thing, tell us about yourself, man. Who is DJ Leroy? So, well, DJ Leroy is dead. That was who I used to be, actually. Um, but I am now Level Up Leroy. <laughs> ah, so, that's right. um that's okay. Everyone makes that same mistake. So um, I've been playing at comic cons and conventions and sci-fi conventions for the last, well, I guess four years, if you, you know, but, you know, actually playing, maybe we'll say three years because I don't think we can count 2020 right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it all started as one of the sci-fi weekenders where, where I met Pete. And, um, yeah, I had this... Um, it's a weird one. I had this, uh, I've been DJing for 18 years or so uh, in nightclubs and bars. Been an avid comic collector since 1989 when Batman was released. Um, I had the bat symbol shaved in the back of my head, did all of that. <laughs> and um, and I was always thinking about how can I put the two my two loves together. And um, a few years ago, I got a thing called Bell, Bell's Palsy paralyzed half of my face for about three or four months oh. and i kind of thought you know what i'm just gonna go for broke because i wanted to i've always had this idea when people were like oh, are there enough nerds out there who would want to listen to nerd music what what even is that and i was like now i've got this idea i think it might work and we did it as sci-fi weekender and um the rest is history of it. it's uh it's sort of taken me all over the globe which i've been so thankful for What's the sort? What's the sort of music that you you would play? Then what is what is nerd music? Well, nerd. So I am a child of the eighties. So I get I get bored when I'm stuck in one genre. Um, and so my kind of always the way I've played my set is being being crowd reactive. And you know people want to have a great and good time. So there's a lot of like. 8-bit DJs out there or people that would play nerdcore and certain genres and I kind of rather than just playing one genre all night I kind of go across the whole board and try and throw everything in and keep it an upbeat party um, and then I also add a video element into what I do um, and so you know with Guardians of the Galaxy Hooked on a Feeling, things like that um, which has now become the nerd anthem, it would appear. Um, and I'd say I take things like that and remix them, amp them up a bit, and and play those as well. So it's all the the feel good geek stuff that we all know and love, uh, with little little twists here and there. <laughs> and and what sort of uh, what sort of conventions? Where, where were you playing? 
before the, the, the car crash that was 2020 hit then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it, it all started at Sci-Fi Weekender over in Wales. Uh, had I had this super weird idea, and obviously I, I phoned up a guy called Matt from Area 51, and he remembered me from a, an event, that a dance event that we'd done over in Skegness for the club 18s to 30s, which... Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> you see some things at that, let me tell you. And um, Matt was like, oh, Lee, I remember you. And I sort of said, I've got this idea and drove over all the way. Literally, I live in, in Norfolk, so I drove all the way from one end of the country to the oh, wow. other. And uh, did that. So Sci-Fi Weekend was the first one. Um, I then started just picking up conventions through word of mouth and obviously me pestering people as well um uh, so there's been uh for the love of sci-fi up in manchester liverpool comic con uh warped con that was in doncaster last year mcm um in london um and then many 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 others as well norcon where i live in norwich um so i was sort of going around all of those and then a couple of years ago i was fortunate enough i sort of reached out and was looking for another DJ like me, a geek sort of party DJ, I suppose. And um, I got in touch with a guy called DJ Elliot. And he's one of the DJs in Disney World. Um, and he also does stuff for Lucasfilm. And um, he has the contracts for New York Comic Con and, and such like. So we met up at Warwick Davis's um, charity event for little people. Uh, we both helped helped to hand this disco dance thing and sorted all of that out for him. And then we, we we had a chat, and we were very very similar, very similar stories to tell. And uh, he was like, "Hey man, like if you could do one Comic Con, what would you want to do?" And it was New York Comic Con for me because that's the birthplace of the modern comic book the superhero comic book New York. It was the the mecca. Um, I know most people would say San Diego, but it was always about New York Comic Con for me. And uh, he was like, okay, well, that's in a couple of months. Let's do it in October. Like, <laughs> And so I got to go out there. So New York Comic Con, worked with him really well. He really enjoyed what I did. So he brought me out to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago last year. Um, I've been moved on and South Africa Comic Con reached out and um, we went over there and Cyprus Comic Con as well. And Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So when you so, say uh, world, you, you, yeah, you have been, awesome. been all over the world. Like, yeah, man. It's literally like taking me all, all over the world. Like, and this, as, as corny as it may seem, and, uh, um, you know, it's, it's more of a Kevin Smith thing, but it's he's always like reading his books and his podcasts and all that stuff. But he's always very much like, yo, man, go create art. If you can create art and you, you're passionate about it and it's your thing and it doesn't hurt anyone, just give it a go, do it, because you never know where it's going to take you. And I literally, once I got to that point, I was like, I'm going to do this, you know, and, and it has. It's, it's taken me and I've met some like awesome, awesome people. So name, name me some of the, the people you've met. Uh, what about famous people and stuff? Have you met any sort of famous people? Um, well, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, really? Where did you meet Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> At the back of New York Comics. So that's the thing. So I'm there as an artist working. And when Ryan Reynolds comes up backstage at New York Comic Con, he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? You all right? And you're like, ah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. I mean, like, literally... Uh, 
I don't know what happened, but like literally all the women were like, oh, wow, it's Ryan Reynolds. And all the blokes were like, oh, wow, it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and we were like, hey, Ryan Reynolds, you know, um, but you can't take photos or anything. You can't be like, hey, can I get a selfie? Because there's a level of professionalism and you're working backstage with these guys. And it was the same for, like, I saw Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane when they did a, a new Adventures of Superman talk at, at New York as well. And Terry Hatcher was my all-time crush. That Lois Lane, I mean, I was at high school then, so um, all kinds of feelings were coming through. Yeah, man. <laughs> and she was there and I couldn't get a picture with her or anything. It was crazy. But <laughs> I met so many, like so many different people. It's been, been crazy. Like I've had Flash Gordon, uh, Sam Jones himself, dancing to my um, Flash slash run dmc <laughs> remix literally played it and he stood there and put his hands in the air and was like nodding his head and everyone was like yeah he's a, he's an awesome guy i, I interviewed <laughs> him um oh i've been a few years back and he yeah. was he was because he does sort of like um it's not mercenary work it's security work he does security work um so basically uh you know security details so guys with guns and stuff and he was in mexico when he i think when he phoned me basically <laughs> um like i've got his phone number and it's like you know flash gordon pops up when i was saying i was like oh shit <laughs> flash gordon's phoning me uh from like mexico or something and it was just really yeah awesome guy so so really nice have, have you assigned a ringtone to him yeah i i did i did yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that i was like wow holy shit flash gordon's voting me from mexico <laughs> out and about and you're like oh sorry flash gordon's calling me <laughs> yeah. he, he, the thing is he phoned, i was in my car at the time and it, it popped up and i was like holy shit flash gordon's phoning me and i'm like i'm not i'm not, I, he's, he's early and i'm not i was like freaking out so i was like you know i had to call him back and it was just yeah He's a, he's a really nice guy, actually, Sam Jones. He's a real man's man. And um, even when he was at the Sci-Fi Weekend, uh, the one up in Sheffield, I think you were there, Pete, weren't you? Yeah. And um, he was doing signings and stuff, and he was up on stage. and that. But when, it, yeah, when he was sat down in the corner doing his signings, while he was doing his signings, he had, like, Major League Basketball. Uh, <laughs> sorry, base, basketball. What <laughs> baseball and American football. And he was just watching sports the whole time while he was also signing. <laughs> he was a proper geezer. But when I say that I've met some excellent people, I actually don't mean the famous people. It's, it's all of the, you know, quote-unquote, us normals. <laughs> um and, and geeks and some super like-minded people that I just never knew were out there because um, I wasn't overly uh, active online as such as, as other than just being a DJ, uh, a normal DJ at the time. So I was never really into going into all the groups and chatting and, and doing stuff like that. So I was always quite, I sort of had my own friends, but did my own geeky thing as it were but um going in and visiting all these cons and just my my facebook seemed to explode and i've just added so many cool people from all over the world and like people messaging and and chatting and supporting each other and stuff it's been it's been phenomenal actually Sounds like uh, you're living the dream, man. Or you were living the dream until this year oh, happened. Yeah. <laughs> you were living the dream until this year happened. Uh, on that subject, um, 
How how is how is twenty twenty been treating you? Then how does that all affect you? Obviously, <laughs> any like any other artist, um, it, it, it's going to be quite hard. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, definitely feel like uh, older on just before it got hit by the Death Star. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's been tough. Um, I have I've been quite lucky in, in the fact that I have my own let's say my DJ equipment and everything like that and for the people that are watching the videos there's the green screen so i've been going on to twitch and been very active on there uh playing sets sort of every other week really um or, or dabbling with some k-pop and stuff like that every now and again which i love and um just just being able to reach out to to the community so there's been people that are like this has really picked me up sorry i was having a bad day and got to sort of watch some videos and listen to some geek music and it sort of really cheered me up which is great and it's also been really good for me because i tend to find that i'm like oh, i'm starting to feel a bit 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 low now and i miss people and so i can jump on my decks and literally sort of reach out to my fellow nerds at the same time um you know talking to a webcam is is, is nice but i do miss real people <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I i'm a big heavy metal fan and um nice. rob flynn from uh, machine head he does like uh sort of uh, weekly sort of jam sessions where he just sits there and plays his guitar and talks to people on the on his thing and, <laughs> and that's really cool I, I quite enjoy watching stuff like that so yeah i can see why there's, it probably helps people to be honest there's some real comfort in, in it isn't there yeah. just seeing people do what they do and the, and what i like about twitch as a platform is that you know the person that you're watching you can interact with them that's what what it's really designed for it's i know it's obviously the gaming platform initially but music musicians have really jumped on and latched onto it especially with facebook booting everyone off <laughs> um at a time of need and and a lot of musicians have really latched onto twitch and it's been a great way to to reach out and and um you know keep in contact with your audience yeah yeah in one game yeah um do you you're you said afterwards you're going to be playing uh, star wars squadrons and stuff do you do any live gaming live um i you know i set my stream, i set my uh twitch up and i was like well i i better do some gaming right because it's twitch so <laughs> and um yeah, i'm not i'm not the best gamer in the world i wish i re i really wish i was and i do try my hardest <laughs> but i'm just not the best gamer and, and so every time i i went on i was like right we're gonna do this game and that's dead yeah <laughs> do this level again dead 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 and then then you get people jump in and go you're terrible man and you're like yeah i know <laughs> uh, who are you? <laughs> you know, and it'd be some like eight year old as well that's just found the street. Yeah. I find that though, as you get older, you start to, you, your reaction slow. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, big time. My uh, my father, um, he uh, he he used to play Battlefield, like Battlefield Two, so ba Battlefield Two back in the day, uh, and he started. Um, actually, I think it was like Black Hawk Down. I think was the original one that they used to play. But he basically had this clan, and me and my brother when we were like. <clears throat> I know we would have been 14, 15, something like that. Maybe, um, you know, a long time ago. Um, and, uh, he said, look, I've got this clan. They're called OAP. So the overage players. And, um, you know, that's our clan. You can join if you want. And, uh, it, it was funny because, you know, he, he brought us in. He got us into the game. 
and like i you know i'm i'm not brilliant at first person shooters to be honest but my brother's really good at them and uh he right. was like kicking my dad's ass <laughs> I was not, yeah. not impressed like this you know my son his son had come in and sort of beaten him and he wouldn't let us he wouldn't let him uh, let us call him dad on the stream we had to call him oap target or target oh my name's target man and it's just like all right target dad but yeah i have some good memories of older games like um, delta force uh, that was it and, delta force that um, was it yeah yeah and uh, and um Rainbow Six, the original Rainbow Six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was back when I really yeah. got quite lucky. I made some good friends out of that. And out of um, Delta Force, one of my friends actually got a wife, though they're now separated. But we don't go there because he's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was quite weird. That was a weekend I was supposed to go with him up to Coventry to meet some meet this girl that had been um, playing on the servers we were playing on. I couldn't make it. I get a drunken phone call from him because he's just dr- he's just had a drinking race on at an Irish bar in Coventry. <laughs> and beat the, the Irish, the Irish owner, doing alternating shots of whiskey and Guinness, oh, and word. he had to be dragged home, actually <laughs> carried home by the woman who ended up, they end up getting married, and she's like half the size of him, and she just like had to put him over her shoulder and carry him out to a taxi. And the, <laughs> and the, next, the next day, I was like, "So you like her?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Who?" He said, "Romance is dead." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we used to go and um, we used to have like get-togethers with my dad. Sort of, I'm still technically in the can. We don't play very much, but they've got a Facebook page and stuff like that. But um, uh, yeah, we used to have little nights out and stuff. And there were some absolute characters, man. And they it just consisted of sort of like people my dad's age, maybe slightly younger, maybe um, getting drunk and talking bollocks on a on on the uh, uh, the team speak servers. And it was just this is weird. Um. I was going to say, so with your DJing, is it, um, is there anything you sort of, you can do sort of gig wise this year or is it literally all just cancelled? Is Christmas cancelled? Is the whole thing just so over? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much cancelled. Um, I managed to get out in the summer. There was a local, uh, drive-in cinema experience, um, where we had a large, large screen which really lends itself to what I do um you know sort of throwing up all those visuals like the mask and Super Mario and things like that so in between uh having the films on I would play some mini sets talk to the people in the cars um and then then one night we even had um Dave Pierce sort of finish the night off it was it was a really eclectic kind of thing you'd have like cinema films in the day and then a couple of acts at night um, and people could come and go depending on the acts they, they were booked in for. So it was kind of weird me standing there on a stage going, right, um, everyone uh, flash your lights and honk your horns because here comes <laughs> Dave Fears and everyone's going, and the lights are flashing away. Um, and, and people were sort of dancing around. They, they all had squares to park in and they were dancing in their squares with the car in the middle. Um, <laughs> in the middle of the summer, which was, it was kind of cool. That was really good. It was a really good event. Um, but I was super bummed out afterwards because I was like, ah, oh, that, that was it, wasn't it? That was my year. Um, I am doing a, um, an event on the 10th this, this, uh, this weekend, I think, uh, coming up and, um, at the university of East Anglia, 
Um, we're going to be streaming to the students. So I've got to go in and they're going to set me up on the stage and stream to the students, whether they're in their That's dorms cool. or not and behaving themselves, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've, I used to play at the university as well, which I love playing at because I can always link that in with my geek stuff because it's the uh, Avengers base in there. Uh, oh, um, shit, it is, Super isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm always like, oh, I'm just going to be playing at the Avengers base, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's that's it. There is something lined up potentially for New Year's Eve, and that is an overseas one um, with the Area 51 guys. Um, I'm hoping that comes in, but it will all be COVID-dependent, whether it's safe enough for the, the event to go ahead. And, and what is the what's support like from the government? Is it non-existent, or are you getting anything to sort of help you out? <laughs> um, um, I think Boris does that every now and again. And gives me a thumbs up. That's like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Um, no, for me, unfortunately not. Um, um, so that's that's for me. All my, all my wife says she, my wife got a little bit. She's a self-employed um, ballet dance teacher. And then I'm a self-employed DJ. I do have a day job. Doesn't pay overly great, but it's it's keeping the uh, the, the walls really? at bay at the moment. Yeah, so yeah. It's paying paying the bills and the food bills, and and that's that's about it. But um, <laughs> it all come back. It'll all come yeah. good. And well, see, it'll just be. We, just we were be talking about this year. sort of. Um, I'm not sure if it was last week or it was the week before, but um, we were saying like you had there was um, the guy. Uh, uh, oh, I've gone, forgotten his name. Um, John so, Robinson. No, no, no. So Wilding um, oh. played Darth Vader, the new Darth Vader. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, oh what's his um, what's his first name? Um, Spencer. Spencer Wilding. That's it. Spencer Wilding. Yeah. Oh God, that's really bad. He he's gone back to sort of window washing and stuff because you know. Um, he he can't at this moment in time. Obviously, he can't get the can't get the work, and he's just sort of taken himself off to do that. And yeah. um, it's 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 it, it, I feel really bad for a lot of people because I've got a lot of musician friends, uh, and you know, and DJ friends and stuff like yourself who rely very much on uh gigs, the gig economy, and um, they they're not getting anything. And I I just see angrier and angrier Facebook feed uh, messages coming up about it and it's just like you know I, I'm, I'm an office I'm an office guy so you know I, it's kind of unaffected me so I, I, I'm part of me sort of the selfish part of me so I'm going I'm all good but then the other part of me is like my friends are suffering and it's just it is very heartbreaking so yeah it's it's yeah, we've we've definitely been left out in the lurch, um, unfortunately, um, as we're not considered uh, viable, as 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 we've been told this last week. <laughs> um, it's tough, and um, as musicians and DJs and and that that we're all quite we're, we're people, people. Clearly, you know, we like to be out um, and entertaining and doing our thing. It's it's strange. I'm I am the last person that ever wants to go to a nightclub. I hate hate nightclubbing DJ, like clubbing is oh, horrible to me i just don't get it i love DJing I in a nightclub <laughs> I, <laughs> I i just it's weird i i would much rather be in there working performing and and talking to people and stuff like that than than being on the the other side of it so to speak yeah. and um and us the people that have got that sort of performance need in us or that need to reach out and touch people and hug people and be like hey man how's it going you know and 
it's really hard not to be able to to do that on top of sort of being kicked in the balls as it were and not having uh, any money coming in either um, yeah and there are friends of mine who literally solely were djs and i i sort of <coughs> i must have foreseen something coming and thought to myself you know what i want to maybe i should get a little job in the week that that mm. keeps me ticking over and then i sort of cut back on my regular djing because i was enjoying the convention so potentially there's this the comic con saved me in that sense because i was just djing and you know i thought you know i'm really enjoying the com comic cons rather than the nightclubs and bars i want to concentrate on that and slow those gigs down so if i got like a little job in the week then i could just do the gigs that i want to do yeah. and 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 cherry pick and um literally got to that point where i was handing in my notice at one of the clubs and then two weeks later <laughs> we got locked down i was like oh, wow <laughs> grim man absolutely but, grim uh, Say la vie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what you wanted to ask was, how does nightclubbing, or I should say, how does Comic-Con DJing differ to nightclub DJing? So, <clears throat> I'm in a, in a nightclub environment. Um, I'm that DJ that plays everything. Um, so, if you, if you have been, um, it's the, I'm the guy that's playing all the stuff that they're hearing on the radio all day, every day. And telling people to raise their hands up in the air, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, no! <laughs> you know, and then, then they're constantly people like, while I'm playing a Beyonce record, they'll come up and be like, I've got any Beyonce. And you're like, oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so so I, I do that and I really, I do enjoy it. I love playing it. But when I do the comic cons, there's uh, that, it was always in my mind of like, if I could just have the, what would be my perfect night <laughs> if I could play the most selfish DJ set in the world? <laughs> how do I drop Danny Elfman's Batman theme <laughs> and, and the Imperial March and all of that good stuff and Cuban Pete from The Mask? How do I play that in a set without, you know, especially now the clubbers from this generation that we're seeing that are you know all all very like well i'm living my best life looking into my camera and taking pictures and snapchats of myself um very vain whereas like being able to just let rip and play my own stuff and almost being like a specialist dj where you see these house djs or a garage dj on r&b so i've gone down this it's a weird like specialist comic con dj and it just turns out that all the people that go to comic cons love the same shit i do <laughs> and 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 people say to me they go how do you become a comic con dj and i'm like you just gotta love this stuff you just gotta be passionate about it uh i love it i just i love listening yeah. to scores and yeah i detail Detailing Sorry. music to different comic cons like for example do you, what you play at sci-fi weekend is that different yeah. to mcm is it okay yeah, it can be. So um, uh, MCM, as I mentioned earlier, I played some K-pop as well. Um, so you find that the MCM, you get a lot of the uh, sort of the anime kids. And, Do you play in the uh, Fox, by of... the way? Did you DJ in the Fox? Yes, yeah. I Do you what? Fox. I think I recognise you then because I've been in there a few times and I was like, you well, look familiar. So I played last the last i did it was last october and that was my first set in the fox 
So I'd done stuff for MCM and on the Rogue bus as well, inside MCM and, and bits. And uh, I was reaching out to the Fox and I was like, hey, do, you know, I'm here, MCM. Do, do you want me to come and play? And they were very much like, no, no, we don't. We don't, you know. I think they had their DJ and they didn't want to pay for a, another DJ, as it were. But... All I ever saw was people like ripping the, the, the fox apart on the Comic Con nights, going, <laughs> This DJ plays the Pokemon theme tune five times yeah, a night. Yeah, he does. And he does. on a feeling five times in a night. And I was like, Wow. Well, because if you're not, again, this is, this is exactly what I was talking about. If you're not passionate about it and you, if you don't love this stuff, you kind of go, Right, geek songs. Um, hooked on a feeling pokemon ghostbusters uh you know and then and then at that point they're struggling <laughs> he's been playing that pokemon song for years man since i went since i first went to the mcm he was playing that that shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i played it and i i got on the mic and i said don't rip me apart guys because i know you hear this five or six times a night but i did play a drum and bass remix that i made <laughs> <laughs> and i had my videos with me as well so it was, uh, yeah, and and once I did that set, once I, I think there was people asking for me and get messaging them constantly, and they finally came to me and were like, "Hey, would you would you like to DJ now?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And that that first time we did it, it went, it just went off in in a crazy way. It went off really big, and they were like, "You're coming back in March, uh, May," and I was like, "Absolutely." <laughs> no, I'm not because of COVID. Oh, <laughs> oh, they didn't specify which day. That's it. Sorry, it didn't they didn't specify May. That would be May. Hopefully, May 2021. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, May. <laughs> <laughs> In the future, somewhere. May's yes. recurring. Yeah, man. Yeah, it sucks, but um, you know, it's it's there to test us. This thing and. Um, <laughs> But the other thing I found um, about about this um, sort of Comic Con DJing and stuff like that really interesting was that, and say I'd had this idea for so long. At the end of quite a few of my my sets and my shows when I played, the sometimes usually someone will come up to me at some point in the night. Right, they'll be rather sheepish, and they'll come up and they'll be, oh, thank you. I don't go out. I don't. You know, they, a lot of us, us geeks, we, I'm, you know, quite lucky I'm a, a, an outgoing geek. Although I don't like to club, I'm, I'm social and I can talk to people and I can get out. There's so many, so many of us nerds and geeks that can't do that. They, they love, they have to stay at home. They can't, get again, going to the pub or the club is, is like the worst thing in the world that they'd ever want to do. And actually coming to one of the convention parties afterwards and a sci-fi weekend and just being able to let their hair down, maybe have a drink for like the first time and party and dance with their friends in whatever costume they want to be. You know, we've had Warhammer Ultramarines dancing and, and stuff like that. <laughs> they, they could be in their heart. You know that that rare Harley Quinn cosplay that you see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember being on the I remember being on the dance floor at Sci-Fi Weekend, just as safe on Beeple Brooks, dancing next to a steampunk, um, Robin and an astronaut, <laughs> and, and to the other side there was like an, a, a space marine, and I just thought, yes, <laughs> and yes, yeah, that's Sci-Fi Weekend, and just like yes, this, this is. 
perfect. They are yeah, just have another pint. Conve- <laughs> conventions are just sort of special and stuff, and even the drinking yeah. at at the end of them and stuff. Like I like MCM in London because of the you know the Fox. It's not the best place in the world, but I enjoy just getting pissed and sort of you know having a laugh with a bunch of sing, sing, single minded you know similarly minded uh, people. And, um, yeah. you know, it is just the randomness of it all. And I bring people with me who have zero interest in nerdy stuff and they love it simply because it's just like completely out of their world. It just blows their minds, you know, just the whole thing's just completely new. And that's there's a- no other, there's no other event like, like that. You know, it's, <clears throat> they're crazy. The, the, the bigger, I did the New York Comic Con anime cosplay after park. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Um, there, the anime after party, and literally everybody in that room, like everybody, I think it was the rule you couldn't come in if you weren't in cosplay. Everyone was in cosplay that night, and that was, you know, when you've got one punch man in front of you, being like, yeah. <laughs> watch out with those fists, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I made it. <laughs> um, does does your does your does your wife go with you when you go to these things in America or? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so my wife is very ungeeky. Um, they say opposites attract. <laughs> um, and so we've got a quite quite a young family as well. So I've got a, an eleven year old, a nine year old, and a three year old. Um, so it's it's really hard to actually take her along to any event because if I'm if I'm going away, it's like New York Comic Con is a is a four day convention where you you need to stick another day at the front and a day at the end of that for travel as well. So trying to find you know um, babysitters <laughs> for your children for that long and stuff. So it's um, it's a funny thing. Like you, um, my social media will look fantastic and I literally will be like looks like I'm living my best life, uh, you know, working at these conventions and it's great. And wow, it's one big pie, but it, it's, it's super hard work when, um, when you're going to those ones overseas like that, because it's, it's kind of grueling. You get there, you land, you have to go and do everything set up. You're pretty much DJing. So when I do the New York Comic Con stuff, I'm, I'm unlike the sci-fi weekenders where I'm just DJing in the evening uh, as an act, I actually DJ all day on the convention floor. Ouch. Which is kind of mad because you, you you're DJing and you're like, oh, like I said, there goes Ryan Reynolds, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and and stuff. But so you're, you're DJing all day and then you go to a party at night. So you, you know you'd be DJing all day, go to the anime party, then the next day I was DJing all day, and then I went and did a set at Brooklyn Brewery um, and stuff like that. So it's kind of it's just. Full on. So I always say to my wife, I'm, it's pure work. There's uh, <laughs> no time for shopping um, and stuff. Well, normally make my way to Midtown Comics in New York, but, um, you know. <laughs> and you've not done San Diego, then? You've not done San Diego Comic Con? No, no, I haven't. Um, there's, uh, we've, there's been talks for the last two, two, sort of two, three years, really. Um, San Diego, so um, MCM uh, and Reed... Uh, New York Comic Con, South Africa Comic Con uh, are all run, and Star Wars Celebration are run by a company called Read Pop. Yep. You may well all have heard of them. Yeah. Um, and they run many other events. Um, so 
they don't run San Diego. San Diego is a completely independent event. Um, I do have I have a good friend over there, um, Bernie, the the Geek Gatsby, as it was, and he um, he's quite big on the scene and he sets up all these mad parties and stuff and really really wants to get me over there. Um, we're just trying to work out budgets because um, San Diego uh, Comic Con time, the price just goes yeah. through the roof. Yeah, um, they <laughs> literally just just rinse out everything from flights to to well, hotels. To- we got um, when we went over uh, in 2016. Flights cost us. Six hundred and sixty-six pounds. Number of the beast. Um, six hundred sixty-six pounds, I think. Return, and that was from um, that was from Dublin to LA, LA. and um, so we got a flight, a like cheap or an air flight to Dublin. Stuck, stuck around for a few hours, then flew over to San Diego. No, sorry, the LA, uh, and then we rented a car and drove um drove to san diego and then got a f- oh, um, no. and then got a an airbnb and it was like it was me my brother my brother's mate gav uh my basis egg my mate ali and then the two sneaky zebra guys um guys from uh sneaky zebra over there and we all got an airbnb together and it was you know because there were so many of us it was it wasn't that expensive yeah. and we weren't that far away either we literally were you know it was it was walkable, but it would have taken us about half an hour. But there's Ubers everywhere, so you literally could just get. It was, you know, it was on top of all I can remember is it being sort of on a hill somewhere. But we literally was <laughs> Uber outside your door within about a minute, and you were there within about five minutes um, with Ubers and stuff. So money wise, getting there, it wasn't too bad from what I remember. It's just when you're there, <laughs> that's yeah. when the money comes in because there's so much shit you want to buy. And yeah. then there's so much going on, especially outside. Like, man, I don't think you would even need to go into the convention itself. You could do stuff outside because every single bar, restaurant, and any place where you can go into is Comic-Con related and stuff. So they've all got themes yeah. and they all have things that you can do and stuff, giving away freebies, DJs, karaoke, all kinds of crazy shit. And, um, yeah, that's where all the money goes. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the, yeah, it is. Um, it's something I would like to do and go over. And I think it's one of those ones I'd probably have to do for the love, um, as opposed to making any money from it um, ever. But um, it's it's on the bucket list for sure because it's it's the biggest well known Comic Con in the world. Even though I think New York is technically a larger Comic Con, okay. um, San Diego is the 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 one that started it all, isn't it? It's... Um, for for comic cons, it used to be in a, like a little dingy hotel room um, with a few long boxes and a few people rock up, and there might be a couple of artists and stuff. And it's now turned into this like worldwide phenomenon, which is awesome. You got in San Diego. Uh, you've got um, you've got famous people who go and cosplay, and you don't realize. And you'll sort of be walking past somebody, and then five minutes later, you'll see them on TV or on the screen coming out of their yeah. cosplay and you're like holy shit i just walked past that guy like ezra miller who played the flash uh yeah. was was walking past me and my brother and we were taking photographs for the website for like cosplay stuff and i was like should we get that gandalf and my brother's like nah he's a bit naff i'm like yeah he's not great looking gandalf and uh, so we didn't bother and then <laughs> literally about five minutes later he goes on stage uh with the um the, with the event not the avengers um with the justice league lot and i was just like that that 
that's the Gandalf <laughs> that we, 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 we didn't take a photograph of. And I was just like, wow. And then, like, Justin Timberlake just walks past you and you're just like, that's Justin Timberlake. And you're just like, yeah. just random stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. Is those, the overseas, especially like America, um, is just, yeah. You're just walking along and you're like, oh, there's, like you say, Justin Timberlake. I missed, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I miss Kevin Smith by, all of five minutes tops, I think, in the media room where I could have actually met him and stuff, which was, all, you know, oh, I was like, ah, oh, no, but, um, and that's probably what the one, one of the one poop person in the world that I'd probably break the rules for and be like, oh, I'm such a big fan. I know. I he wouldn't mind though. As, I, I get the impression no, from, the from what he is, that he's very cool. into sort of his fans <laughs> and sort of being sort of there. Like I, I saw, I heard a story about him. Uh, he was at the airport and, um, there was he was sitting there reading something, and there's these people kept on looking at him and stuff. And um, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how the interaction came, but uh, eventually the guy came over uh, and kind of said, "Look, we don't, we would never do this sort of thing, you know." But uh, you know, y- y- can I get a photograph? Like, yeah, man, no problem. You carry on. He's just sort of really, you know, he's so he completely embraces his fans and stuff. He's you know. Um, He's not. He's not an asshole, basically. <laughs> no, it's his, it's his passion for what he does. His passion for the media. His passion for his fan base. He 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 knows. He's one of us. You know. He he's he was he's that comic book reader, and he owns his own comic book shop now. But he is one of us, and and he totally gets it and appreciates it. Did, did you um, watch? Which is really cool. Did you watch um, his most recent um, Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Yes, I bought tickets and we went to the cinema seat in London and had an evening with Kevin Smith afterwards. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, Josh and... was on, the, on the second row. Um, so, yeah, it was a stone throw away from the guy, but, um, yeah, it was awesome. So good. And that film was brilliant and um, really from the heart, wasn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, did you go to the Prince Charles Cinema to go and see him? No, I went to the other one because there was the, the, ah. the two cinemas, wasn't it? it was yeah, Prince Charles yeah. And the... yeah, I saw him at the Prince Charles one on the Thursday night. Did you? That was that was bloody amazing. He, he's he's one of these guys that he goes, oh yeah, open up to a Q and A. You got like thirty or forty hands up, and it's like he's only going to get about three people because he just fucking goes yeah. on. He's he does. He's brilliant because it gets to a point he goes. Sorry, what did you ask? What was, what it was you... your question? Yeah. <laughs> oh, me. It's <laughs> like, just so fun. He, he's he's a guy who holds your attention all that time. And you think, oh wait, I did ask him a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was mortified a couple of years ago when he had the heart attack, and I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to see a Kevin Smith thing again now. And I was just like, ah. Oh. And I've been to see him once prior when he came to the UK and did the O2. Um, got tickets to go see him and I was quite a way back and I was like, no, if he ever comes back, I'm going to make sure I get down the front. And then he, he came back, I think, in between there, like about three or four times and every time it was like I was either away on holiday or I was away DJing and like things just kept coming up and I was like, oh, I need to find this. <laughs> well, um, a few years ago, he'd done um, LFCC as well and uh, yes. I... One of the things that, because he was there, I was like, yeah, that's my first person I've got to get an autograph from. That's the one person I've got to go and see. And um, someone, I think, about three or four in front of me, 
I just um like just like you know said hello to him and that. And as they're walking off, they're bad bathing him. I, I thought, what's what's happened there? What's um wow. what's going on? And um the guy in front of me said, Oh, did you hear him? He he said to Kevin Smith, Oh, I like your I like your films, but you are a bit of a well bad scene. Oh, right. like <laughs> and uh, apparently um you know, Kevin didn't react to that too well. And I thought, I wonder why. Yeah. Why would you queue up to spend your time? This is, this is I, what I don't get. Why do you, no, why would people queue up? Fans. Toxic fans is coming. But do you know, I as soon as um I got to the front, he literally just shook me, shook my hand. And he shook my hand again. And he goes, oh, what's your name? I'll go, oh, it's John Jay. He goes, oh, man, that's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, so you want me to sign your name obviously on here? I went, yes. Yes, Kevin. Of course I do. Of course I do. He goes, "Hey, man. Hey, I'm glad you're here. There's some up. There's some utter fucking twats. Is that what you call it? Twats? They call it yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like this guy is just amazing. It was just like yeah. you know, just like that short interaction. But then he starts chatting as well, and um, and I was kind of like, "Is it? There's quite a few people behind me. I don't care. Everybody else is giving you daggers in the back of your head, going fucking shut yeah, up." I- hate that i hate that feeling but um it was that point it was like hey not yeah it was like i'm having a good chat i'm having good fun and it, as i walked away he then went hey man you stay cool i was like <laughs> yeah. i know it's been telling me to stay cool yeah no he's, he's a good guy and i that's it hearing that story about that guy goes literally goes against everything that what you know what he's, he's always saying about putting out positivity and good vibes and stuff yeah why wait to queue up to tell someone that you don't like them? I, I just, uh, even, yeah. I, I don't get that with the fandom. It really sort of gets yeah, to me. There's <laughs> fandom almost everything now where that is a case. Mm. I mean, one example, look at Rick and Morty a few years ago. You had so many people that were, not, not so much being negative towards the show, but it was their impact. Like the people that were ransacking McDonald's to get Szechuan sauce. <laughs> yeah. Of everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's so- nerd culture at its darkest, man. Nerd, dar- you know, darkest timeline nerd culture shit right there, man. It's just like, it's everything that gives us a bad name. Basically. It's, and the funny thing about the Szechuan sauce thing is is that it's such, for, for the Rick and Morty fans that watch it, get it, follow it, and... You know, actually understand because we we nerds, so we we get it on that next level stuff. Yeah, that Szechuan sauce thing is just such a throwaway line. It's not like, all oh, right, we need to get some McDonald's to get Szechuan sauce. It's because he <laughs> could go to any ultimate universe and go and get that. So, you know, it's just <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> but, but saying that, um, talk about throwaway lines. Uh, do you remember a show from about 12, 30 years ago called Jericho, um, post-apocalyptic show? Um, no, I, I never watched it. Uh, uh, the first season of it um, obviously got cancelled uh, by its end. People were asking for a second one, really clamoring for a second one. And in the last episode, there was, um, one of them says nuts. And then oh, pretty much there's a, they, they literally <clears throat> just sent the studio bags and bags and bags of nuts trying to say, yes, we need this show back. And that was their campaign. They just literally flooded the studio with nuts. <laughs> wow. so I, yeah. And it went on for a month. And they went, yes, okay, we will give you another series. Uh, yay, we won! And then, um, obviously, second series just didn't do well at all, and it got cancelled again. Yeah. 
Uh, John Joe, uh, your audio seems to be going in and out. I'm not sure if you've got your uh, your microphone on auto adjust or automatic or something because it's sort of kind of uh, you're coming in and out. Uh, just so you know. Um, I think the excitement in his voice. Yeah. Talking about Kevin Smith, man. You know. Yeah. yeah. Or oh, maybe it's just because of the distance from the camera. Maybe, maybe. Um, what I was going to say. Uh, so. Well, I suppose I can't really say what's going on next because you don't really, you don't, you don't know as it is and stuff. So, I've, yeah, next up, I've been, I've got a lot of like, a good, good few bookings that have rolled over. Let's say from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. Um, you know, all of the conventions now are looking to obviously next year and trying to get get going wherever they can and and if they can. So they're all sort of now having to dip their toe in so people know very well we you know we're hoping that april we can all meet up in great yarmouth and do the sci-fi weekend definitely and stuff like that and march there's something on in march uh gaming event the guys in rapture we're we're waiting on hearing about that so it's from there there's kind of there's conventions booked in for next year all of this all of much of the same of what was supposed to be this year and, and, and last year so hopefully back to new york south africa um i know cyprus comic con wanted to go this year um yeah all of all of the events and mcm and stuff so it, but it's just waiting my my concern on a on a for me personally is that i don't want the conventions to get to a point where um money's got so tight because you know a lot of the organizers are just guys like you and me, you know, this is, they're, they're putting their hand in their pocket for these things. Um, and I don't want them to get to the point where they're, they're being pushed financially. And do they then think, ah, oh, do we need a DJ? Or do we need a host DJ yeah. thing? You know, so, so that could certainly impact, impact next year. I hope it doesn't. Um, and the plans so far uh, are fairly, fairly stable. Um, and then hopefully, you know, yeah, I was supposed to be at Star Wars Celebration this year as well. Again, that was in Anaheim, um, but they've they've rebooked that now for two years away, so it'll be twenty twenty two, which will be forty years for Return of the Jedi. Oh wow! Um, so because this be when the next film's coming out as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so that'll be coming out after. So yeah, that's why they've not opted for one for next year because obviously this year was forty years of Empire. Mm. Two years away will be Jedi, and then they'll go, and here's all the new stuff, and show us all. So, I mean, I was goosebumps sitting in, um, so crazy. So, I, 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 you know, I'll throw my hands up. I enjoyed episode nine. Um, I know some people yep. didn't, and, um, you know, there's a few things in there that I would change. But... What, what did you think of? I think the the big the main one. Is... Oh, here we go. Have I done it? Oh, no. oh, here we go. Right, no, I, right, right. I'm I'm like obviously I, I'm an '80s kid as well. So you know, I I remember my father sort of bringing me to see the Star Wars trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. after like re, you know, Return of the Jedi it was like Return of the Jedi, but it showed all the other ones beforehand and stuff. But um, 
I I loved episode nine. I loved um, the. Okay. Um, I, I thought it made me slightly emotional simply because it was the end of effectively my childhood. It was like the whole thing yeah. had sort of come in full circle, um, and it made up for the, the the travesty that was the Last Jedi, which I did not <laughs> like. In it, I, I just I watched it once and have refused to watch it since. Now my friend has told me that it's you know if you watch it back again, it's not as bad as you, you you remember it but i just couldn't i could not rect i know what's the word rectify i could not um i can't even think of the words uh get into my head why you would have a mary poppins leia and why luke would be milking random things by the by the by the what? sea and stuff um so yeah that sort of stuff uh i i just couldn't do it the, the leia thing really frustrated me a lot uh in the uh the last jedi um oh so pete do you need to go at 10 um well levi doesn't also um something yeah. just cropped up so okay cool. all right quickly. that's the problem we can uh, i can stay out for another five minutes we're talking star that's wars cool shit. that's cool yeah we're talking star um, wars now so <laughs> no problems um <laughs> business now <laughs> yes so w- what did you think of the last jedi what was your views on the last jedi so right I, this is the, I, i'm i'm happy to see my stuff on a big screen that i love so i, I come out of most things feeling really positive um Right, uh, I think Pete's off. I'll see you later. <laughs> Pete. Thanks. Pete. Thanks for inviting me, man. Okay, it's awesome. Um, so, I, I'm happy to see my stuff. However, right, Last Jedi. Okay. Um, right at the start, Poe Dameron doing Yo Mama jokes with Hux. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, um, saying, oh, it's okay, I'll go on hold. Like, there was like that, that kind of like brought it into a... a there's no holding in Star Wars, yeah. right? There's, there's none of that. So I think it was when they were trying to be comical, it it lost its way a little bit. Yeah, I, I yeah, just yeah. didn't... Overly it just, comical, yeah. It was quite jarring, um, some of those moments. You're like, that's not Poe. You know, <clears throat> he's like that. He's not cocky. He's confident and, you know, a bit bit gun gun-ho with things. But he's not... He's, yeah, doing Yo Mama jokes with uh, Hux was just weird. Um, Luke Skywalker calling a lightsaber a laser sword was yeah. shuddered down my spine as well. Um, because I, I think Anakin was referred to them as a, uh, when he was a kid, referred to it as a laser sword once. I think that was had happened previously. So it is kind of in the continuum. But Jedi Master would not refer to a lightsaber as a laser sword. I, I thought he called it a laser sword because that was his way of trying to distance himself from the Jedi. Oh, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, yeah I, just, he had... I just don't... I, 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 I love Jedi, but as I do, Matt does his story about why Rise of Skywalker's better, brings in the whole thing with his dad, and then that's it. I can't say anything else because that's it. <laughs> I'm not trying you to trap say... you. I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's how just. Unfortunately, his mic's cutting out as well. Oh yeah. Oh well. <laughs> but it's just you know it, it, it. It's not a bad film. I didn't hate it, and we've talked about this you know many 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 times before in these podcasts. But it 
it's just the fact that there was just certain things. Luke is not who Luke should be. And it's just like, you know, I appreciate that, you know, a lot of shit's gone on and maybe he's going to be slightly jaded. But you've got to think about Yoda. You've got to think about Obi-Wan. You've got to think about some of the other Jedis. Who've, a lot of shit's happened and they didn't throw all their toys out of the pram and then go, I'm not doing Jedis anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. And it was just like when he threw the fucking lightsaber over his shoulder and stuff, it's just like, what? And yeah. The, the... I think we all wanted more from Luke. Yeah. Although he, he is still, you know, in A New Hope, he's a little bit whingy and whiny at, at times. Um, so maybe that's grown with him. Um, it's just think it's going to get them power converters. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. different story. Um, so, but yeah, I think go back, watch The Last Jedi again. After seeing episode nine, it kind of all makes sense. I mean, I met a really interesting guy called Dan at uh, Granite City Comic Con in Aberdeen, and he works for um, in Industrial Light Magic. And um, by at that point, episode nine hadn't come out, and he was working on it. Um, and he also worked on Endgame, the bit where um, Captain Marvel flies through Thanos's ship. Right. He, he drew, rendered all of that. So he, he'd seen these films like you know, a year or so before knew what was going down. And uh he you know, he wouldn't he would not let anything go about the film at all. He was just like, Well what did you think about the last one? And he was like, it was an alright film. It was good enough. It was it, it gave me Star Wars. Um but there was a few things that threw me off. And he was like, once you watch episode nine, that will then bring that, you know, Number eight in the focus, yeah. Into well, to play and soften yeah. it up a little bit. For, well, for that, that's that it, wasn't it? it? Number nine did because the, the one thing that annoyed me was the f- fact that Leia suddenly was this sort of all powerful Jedi instead of being uh, force sensitive, she was suddenly yeah. this person who could use the force to to float in space and not die in the vacuum of space and stuff. And I with 100% the, agree with you on that. And that I was that just was like, what the fuck? And obviously, and in number nine, because I was crying. Because it was so beautiful, like she got blown up, she was out, she died at that point as yeah. well. In, in, in Carrie had yeah. gone in real life, and they'd done this, and she's and she's out, and you've got this beautiful shot of her, and she sort of she wasn't icing up in in the color space, she was glassing up, and it was it was done so beautifully, and you're like, damn man, yeah, you, you right got there, yeah. and then she went. Just spoon. Then Mary, yeah. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Then like, why? Me and my mate just, me and my mate just looked at each other and went, "What the fuck just <laughs> happened there?" <laughs> it's like, and the thing is, right? I, I was, I, I didn't want. I kind of wanted her to die in number nine, not number nine, in number eight, because I felt she's dead. I don't want them messing with it for number nine. But yeah. what they did in number nine was actually quite good and it was quite poignant. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad in a way they did let her survive. I just, yeah. and and they did sort of justify that she was a um, a, a Jedi like Luke because she was trained by Luke. And it was good that they used her daughter as the, the body double um, yes, in that scene. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that, it, you're, you're right. It probably did sort of it make up for some of the sort of mistakes I think that were now, but they should never have been there in the first place. They were, <laughs> they had to put things in number nine to justify the, f- there was fucking weird shit happening in number eight. And it's just like, and it's like, ugh, I don't want to be, I, I'm very, very easy to please. Um, but 
you know, very easy to please. But Star Wars, like, it was just like, no, I, I can't accept that. And it's just like, what the fuck happened? It's just like, no way. <laughs> No way. <laughs> yeah, I was totally the same. Um, and it's it's a shame that movie got sort of the, the rap that it got. And then they, for some reason, decided, well, we won't go for a Christmas release with Solo. Let's drop it like four months after when there was still like Rise of Skywalker. Um, beg your pardon, Last Jedi toys on the shop shelves. And Solo's, I really enjoyed Solo. Solo's really good. It, it underrated. didn't give, it didn't underrated. give Solo the platform that it needed, I think people were maybe just still a bit too upset. <laughs> yeah, I, it got a bad rap. I thought Solo was a good yeah. fun. And, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it and stuff, you know, having Darth Maul in there and stuff at the end. Awesome. Setting up that yeah. Solo trilogy was... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we were going to get there, wasn't it? But... Disney Plus series. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be Disney Plus series now, if anything. Yeah, yeah and, and having, like... You know, um, uh, uh, Glover as a uh, ultra pimp Lando. Yeah, like, so just, good as kids. You know, uh, he just loves a cape. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was. You know, um, I, I really that's my, I've got the shirt. So the shirt that he wears at the end, where he's playing Sabacc, and Han goes in and finally gets the Millennium Falcon. Um, he's, he's Lando's wearing this like pimp shirt with these like spaceships on it and yeah. stuff. And uh, celebration last year, they had like the Hawaiian shirt version of it. Oh, which, awesome. uh, I just had to buy. So, um, and when it, my wife hates it, she's like, "Oh, that thing is it's, it's bright orange. It's Lando. It's so cool. It's got spaceships all over it." And she's like, "Oh, don't wear that shirt." And I'm wearing the shirt. And uh, every time we go out, people are like, "That's a cool shirt, man." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know. <laughs> the question is. Lee, the question is, what are your views on Rogue One? Um, it is possibly the best Star Wars movie ever. Yes! Yes! <laughs> um, yes! In your face, John Joe! In your face! <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. I, but, but, I, 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 I need oh, to put, I, in, a, in, a, in a butt on this. So, the... The Star Wars that we we grew up watching, so we all start with Star Wars as kids, and ultimately those films are kind of like fantasy films aimed at kids. We're just adults that won't let go of it, and we've we've, <laughs> we've brought it all the way through with us. And I do think that Rogue One is very different in the in the fact that they were like, this is kind of like a, a, a military slash spy espionage war film um war film that older people will watch and and follow that storyline and follow that plot and follow that it was a little more in depth than what we would generally get from you know, say like a new hope which is a real basic kind of like farm boy goes to space meets the 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 the, the trainer blows up the, the the death star whereas this had like so many little you know, twists and turns that we had to follow. So I think it was, it was a Star Wars film made for us grown ups, yeah. and that's why we all love it so much. And it's it's got a very different 
kind of feel to it. That said, though, my kids love it as well. They watch it and they like. It's just darker, and I think that's a, it's I something think so. you don't you yeah. don't get that in Star Wars films. One, there's no force in it. There's no bar at the end when fucking Darth Vader rocks up with his. You know, that's one of the coolest scenes, Darth yeah. Vader scenes ever. Spencer that's awesome. as well, isn't it? Yeah, Spencer um, Welding. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but, it's like the most badass Darth Vader. It oh, was yeah. the Darth Vader that we always wanted to see. Yeah, I, it's always a hard watch when, like. So for, for me, obviously, seeing the originals and that, and then as time goes by, we then got the prequels, and we're like, well, how are these guys doing these badass flips? Yeah. Yeah, I just watched Alec Guinness and uh, Darth Vader, or Prowse, like, just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? and, they, and, and at the time, Lucas told them they had to use two hands. He was saying that they're very lightsabers heavy, and so they, they've got these two hands on these things, and you're going, not doing the spins and stuff, you know. Right? And the next thing, the prequel ones, you've got Anakin just go, just being like a ninja badass. Or, or yeah. general grievance, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, my, my massive, you know, bar the little sort of you know bits of nostalgic having like Grand Moth Tarkin and having a young Princess Leia and stuff like that, and having the you know Red Squad, Red Squadron, like Red Le- uh, Red Leader and things like that, yeah. uh, sort of popping up. I love those little bits were really good, but my biggest thing was when the Rebel Alliance basically showed themselves to be a kind of grey area. It wasn't just this these group of good guys doing good things. They were yeah. a group of good guys who did bad things. And it was just yes. like, you know, I liked the, the Merc that was in there. I liked that they would do anything to sort of get what they needed even if that meant they had to do bad stuff. And that it was that like was... Cassian shooting that dude in the back. Yeah, yeah. Was, you know, the stormtroopers are coming. This guy's freaking out and Cassian's like, well, he's this is going to draw a check. I've got to get... A, but I've got to put him out, you know. Yeah, exactly. He, just, he sort of calms him down, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, don't worry. It's That's so, cool. it's good. I, you know, I, I like that, the darker yeah. the darker edge to it, because it makes it feel slightly more real. And I like that, you know, there's more there's more sort of of a spectrum to the whole thing. Like, I like some of the, um, there, there's a, uh, a YouTube it's not it's not the best it's not the most well made sort of youtube sort of fan film but it's basically about a guy who joins the imperial army um because the rebels um basically uh killed his family or something happened and he so he joins the imperial army oh, and right, stuff yeah. and it's about his trek through out uh the imperial army and you know uh, there's a bit at the end with his girlfriend and stuff who turns out to be a rebel and it's just that sort of thing I like that and I like the other end the other end of the story and stuff so, so so why are they fighting and things like that and I quite like there's that fan theory that um, it's all not it's on canon it's not canon anymore but you know what was it the Young Vac War was that the one after it's basically the ones were basically say it again Huge and yeah that's it uh, they um the whole thing about the Empire having the Death Star was to prevent them from invading um, the invading yeah. the space. So they, the, the Death Stars might have been there to intimidate the Republic, but they were also there to prevent this mass invasion. That... Yeah, they were there to kill the world ships, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. All the synced weapons were because he was building the huge military up and regimenting everything and gearing everything towards what he saw coming. But he just didn't tell anyone. 
Yeah. And so I like that angle. I like, you know, and that, as something, you know, that you, you don't see that, you know, and, and, you know, I am a perpetual good guy, cannot be a bad guy in anything. But when it comes to Star Wars, I think there's, there's grayer areas, I think, there. And I'm always a bit yeah. like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So how would you, I'll put a question to you, Matt. How would you have felt, obviously, you're, you're flying a flag for Rogue One. How would you have felt if the new trilogy that we'd got was darker, like Rogue One? Yeah, man, I'd, I'd... taken you away from the Skywalker saga, or really, let's call it the Palpatine saga, because that's what it is. <laughs> um, but would that have made you go, "Oh, this is too dark for Star Wars"? For, for oh, wait, that... are you talking about if it replaced the ones we've just seen, or new ones? So, come... so had had Episode Seven, Eight, and Nine had that darker Rogue One feel to it. No, because it it needed to be what Star Wars was to carry on. Yeah. If it had, or you know, it had to carry on its path. It's just that Rogue yeah. One was <clears throat> something completely different. Despite my yeah. dog's probably going to go mental because my girlfriend's just back. Hello, um, but um, if it had sort of. Did you hear that, everyone? Geeks, we have girlfriends. Right. <laughs> yes. Come on. I'm sorry, my dog's going mental. And you can probably see him in the background getting very excited because my girlfriend's <laughs> jumping up on the seat. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, it's like it should have sort of stayed um, yeah. the way, you know, the way it was. The only thing about Rogue One was it was a separate entity. It was within it was the Star Wars new, universe, it? but it was something in it. Now, if they want to make the new films... Uh, you know the 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 old Republic films or the um, well, I'm not sure what they're called. High, the High Republic. Repu- High Republic stuff. If they want to do that in that sort of form, obviously, because you'll have the Sith Empire and things like yeah. that. Totally up for that. Totally in for them being darker films. Now they're not going to make them too dark because they're going to lose out money because kids aren't going to watch that shit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they need to be they need to be sort of child friendly. But well, you know, they took that they took that lead definitely for the Mandalorian, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mandalorian's awesome. So good. It's like old school, but it's darker, but it's got a, kind of a Western sort of thing to it. But, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, it's really good. But John Favreau's really good, you know, as, as a director in general. So the see, I, I got to see the panel for the Mandalorian and I got mm-hmm. the poster. <laughs> 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 the panel when coming out is like, yay! Um, and so I was pumped for the episode nine panel. That was like, that was my. When I was talking to the guys, I was like, Look, I, I would really love a break for it. And they were like, which two panels? And I was like, episode nine and Mandalorian. Yeah. And um, <coughs> everyone that, that, that week, it was a five-day convention for celebration. And that week, as soon as that Mandalorian panel dropped and they were throwing that trailer out on the screens as well around the convention, that was it. Everyone was just like, Mandalorian, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. Uh, but then people were like, what about episode nine? They were like, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Literally uh, just blew everything away. It was uh, just, oh, it's amazing. Uh, Chris, goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, Chris Mould says on Facebook, um, it's the same as Mandalorian. It's much darker. My daughter still loves it, or she loves yeah. Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, my kids love Rogue One as well. So maybe there is something to be said for that. It was just... I was kind of thinking, you know, the, the the Skywalker saga is is, you know, full of hope, isn't it? And oh, yeah. and a little bit of, you know, I suppose trying to see a bit of joy through the 
the um, the new young warriors that are coming through and seeing their journey and their growth. And I would like, like that. So. I would like to see them do a kind of go the same a similar direction as sort of maybe Discovery in Star Trek and make something slightly darker more in in that maybe more more adults in certain yeah. ways and see where it would go. Um, I would love that. I, I know we're getting a Cassian miniseries series mm. on, on Disney Plus, but I, I, I 100% agree. I would love to see we, we f- us follow a group of people on, on a ship, they're rebels, <coughs> and, and they're, they're going on these missions, and they go, you know, Star Trek-esque, you know, what's the mission this week? You know, the trouble with tribbles and all of that stuff. But, you know, I'd love to see like a whole, a team, you know, and they go in and they, they break. The, I mean, they could almost be like special ops teams as well. Every time there's a new thing going on and they've got to work out a way of breaking mm. into something. So like the A-team in the Star Wars world? Yeah. You did have a few Clone Wars episodes like that when you had obviously the, um, yeah. see like, like you know, you had a few of them when they're all teaming up, and there was some good potential for that. And then obviously, there's the talk out there that um, potentially we might get some of the clones that didn't go to Order sixty six. Maybe we might see them a little bit older, potentially doing their own up. mission. Yeah, in and they might be popping up in the Mandalorian as well. I'm saying so. Tara Morrison's going to have such a busy schedule. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Going to move here. Take the helmet off. All right, now go over here. I'll take the Put this suit on. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, really. Disney already has cloning guy. technology. Take off for that one. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just worried about the new, the new films and stuff. I just like, you know, Mandalorian was really good. You know, yeah. Episode Nine was really good. I just want them to do something. I don't think they're going to drop the ball with High Republic stuff. I think it's going to uh, be. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, there's a lot Fingers of stuff crossed. there. They've got the thing is, I suppose originally there wasn't as much in-depth stuff about it. Um, now there's so much going on and so much canon that they can sort of source from that you know yeah. they could do a lot but I just I just want them to do it properly and stuff I don't want it to be overly CGI'd enough I want it to be tangible like the Mandalorian something a bit more I think I think they've learned from that haven't they yeah. they've learned from that Mandalorian like this this is what people want they you know this is that um you know physical uh effects as, as such as what it is i don't know um but like people want to see people dressed up and they want to see muppets and puppets on star, on star wars <laughs> <laughs> and they want to see um oh what's his name uh oh jabba's little guy um, he was on the spit yeah. at the start of yeah. the mandalorian um, yeah. oh, i can't remember what they're called now oh, we want yeah. to see little throwaways like that so yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah man but guys, I need to to make a move because I have got a date with Star Wars Squadrons yes. this evening. Well, we'll we'll, um, we'll leave it there anyway um, because uh, we'll be all be dropping like flies after that. But um, yes, yeah. uh, so we'll 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 drop it now and and, and say our goodbyes. Uh, so thanks very much, Lee. Really appreciate your time uh, and your insights. And I'm so glad that you like Rogue One. You know, we are kindred. <laughs> we are kindred spirit, spirits now, my brother. You know, Let's. Uh, Let's go. I'd love to reconvene and talk more Star Wars. Yes, 100%. You're more than welcome. Anytime, man. Anytime. Uh, uh, so for me, I've been Matt Geary. Uh, with me tonight has been John Joe Cosgrove. See you all later. Even though Last Jedi is still better. Oh! Mark Canty. Rogue One forever. And level up Leroy. 
Hi, thanks ever so much for having me on. Um, by the way, anyone that's watching or listening, um, uh, can I just plug my yes, uh, social yes. media? Sorry, I forgot they do Go that check way, me yeah. out, Level Up Leroy, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, ev- everything basically. Um, I've been doing some weird educational videos on YouTube as well, all about comic book history and stuff like that. Just, is it uh, just Level Up Leroy? Is that what it is? Just Level Up Leroy, yeah. And it's one, one E, word. so it's Level Up and it's one E with Leroy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just get you right. Uh, so cheers, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot and good night. Bye. Yeah, bye.